Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. Well, I'm really excited to be here this morning, and I wanted to just start out by showing some pictures of our family, just some of you don't know who belongs to who, and this is our daughter, Emily, and our son-in-law, Aaron, and he's our worship pastor, and it seems like I usually end up saying that to somebody during the week uh, that doesn't realize that, and our two little identical twin granddaughters, Liv and Harper, I love that picture of Harper, and then this is our son, Matthew, and his sweet wife, Julia, and their precious baby, Scarlett, who will be one in a couple of weeks from today. So we've been in this great series, we actually just finished it, on um, the story we find ourselves in. And you can go ahead, yeah, you did. So we're all familiar with this uh, big picture of the story of God from creation to new creation. It's been a great series. If you haven't been able to hear all of the messages, I really highly recommend going back and finding them and listening to them because they will really bless you. But basically, we've just been doing just this huge flyover, looking at Genesis through Revelation through the lens of Jesus. And today, we're going to do just a little twist on that, and it's going to be actually about finding ourselves in that story. So we're in this you are here part of the story, which is the chapter of the church. The the story has another chapter, and it's called the church, and that's where we're at. And in this particular point in history and in this particular time that we're living in, this is where we are, and it's our responsibility to live that out. There's a real place for us there for you, and there's a real role that we play in it. Um, And it's You know, we have this purpose together as the church. And Paul says it this way in Ephesians. Um, He says, let me find it. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, and I pray that out of his glorious riches, there we are, he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love with all the saints, that you can grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, to him, uh, according to the power that is work within him, to him be the glory uh, in the church, in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, wow. Glory forever and ever through all the generations. That's incredible. That's the the whole point of the whole story is to bring him glory. But there's this problem. And the problem is that the plan to accomplish this, to bring him glory, includes the church. It's about the church. And the church is just a bunch of broken and quirky people like me and like you. And it sounds crazy that that would be his plan, but it really is. And so really the main thing that I'm trying to say this morning is that God is calling us to find ourselves in his story and then to continue to grow up by his grace, to grow up in his image all the days of our lives. Yeah. 
And so as I've prepared this morning, I've just been thinking back on my life and what the Lord's done in my life, and I've just been so tender-hearted when I think back about all the things he's done, even just to get me here on this stage, Mother's Day 2022, talking to you guys about how good God is. It's incredible, and it's been, he's done things like with the simple, simple things, and he's done profound things. And he's done um, mundane, everyday things in my life, and he's done miracles. You know, and all of that to shape who I am today, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming, and I'm just so grateful. And really, all I want to do is just talk about two points today, and that is getting in the story and then growing in the story. So this first point of getting in the story, you know, Jamie's always talking about these stories that are offered to us by the world, you know, and I just want to be a voice that says, when you find your place in God's story, that's where you're going to find real life. All the other stories that the world offers and our culture offers, they're just, they're kind of sub-stories, you know, but that's where we find real life is with Jesus. And John 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy, but that he's come to give life and to give it to the full. And as I look back on my life, you know, I can see where the enemy has tried to kill, steal, and destroy. And you probably can too. But I just want to tell you a little bit about my story. I mean, I didn't even know that God had a story. And I definitely didn't know that he had a place for me in it. Um, I grew up in a broken home. We didn't go to church. My family didn't have friends. We didn't have any kind of uh, community around us, no one coming in and out of our homes. Um, my dad just like walked out of our house one day, and I remember looking at the door that he had just walked through and thinking he's going to come back, but he didn't. He just walked out. And that left, you know, for a young, uh, early teenage girl, just such a hole in my heart of needing a father's smile, of needing a father's love, a hole that needed to be filled because of where was my identity? Who am I? Am I, am I lovable? And I began just, even as that young teenager, just trying to fill that void in my heart by all kinds of things, trying to find a place. And because of the circumstances, I ended up having to grow up pretty fast and be responsible just to help my mom, who was a young mom in the 70s. It was kind of difficult back then. Um, yeah, so working at a young age just to have things. And, um, but let's fast forward to my senior year in college, November 1985. Um, that dates me. <laughs> But I, so from an early teen to that point in time, I had been trying to fill that void through relationships, through uh, trying to be somebody, through uh, activities, every activity I could be in, through leadership, through, I mean, you name it, I was trying to, you know, being busy, through working, through going to college, through everything, I was just trying to fill this void. And I remember that night in the sorority apartment, I was laying in my bed, and I felt like I was drowning, like really drowning. And um, there were bills to be paid. I was, there were exams to be passed. I was trying to be the top of my class. I was the president of my sorority. You know, there's just all these things. There were, there were meetings that needed to be go to, that needed to be gone to. And then Jamie, who I was dating at the time, was struggling with drug addiction. And it was something I couldn't stop or make go away. And so I just remember laying in my bed and just going, I don't have anyone even to turn to. I didn't have a Christian friend either. 
um, or anyone that told me they were a Christian. And um, so I remember just laying there going, just I felt like I was drowning and I said, I finally just said, God, if you're there, please help me. I don't have anywhere else to go, you know? And in that moment, I felt the peace of God just come over me like a blanket, like I really felt it. And that was really the first surrendering of some kind and turning toward God in my life. And little did, I didn't know this, but a few weeks in that same time frame, a few weeks later, Jamie was in another city kind of doing the same thing um, because of his brokenness. And he was finding God again or turning to the Lord or maybe meeting Jesus for the really, really for the first time. And then just a couple of months later, we get married. Oh my gosh, I do not recommend that. But that's where we are. We're like living a life, trying to turn toward God, and now we're doing it together, you know? And so a few months into that, Jamie decides he wants to go to church. And I'm like, go to church? That has not been any part of my life. My life on Sundays is like sleeping in um, or sleeping late or, you know, a day of rest, a day to go outside and be outside, a a day to to catch up on my homework. I was in graduate school at the time. A day to catch up from the week past or get ahead for the week that's coming, you know? That's what Sunday was to me. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't have a grid. Um, but he was like, yeah, let's go, let's try to go to church. So we went to a little, some little churches in Denton, which is where we were living at the time. And they were small and like everybody was about 50 years older than we were. And so I was like, this is not working. And he said, yeah, this isn't working. So he had this great idea. His next idea was to go to church where he had grown up in Dallas. We live in Denton. He wanted to drive to Dallas. That meant getting up early driving 45 minutes to be there, to drive 45 minutes back. And I'm like, that's the whole day. What, what are we doing, you know? And so he said, well, you want to go? And I said, no, I don't. And he goes, okay. And he went without me. And I was okay. He came back hours later, you know. And then um, the next Sunday came around. Do you want to go to church? No, I don't. And I, because in my mind, I thought, if I'm stubborn enough, because I can be pretty strong, then he, I'll stay here, and he will, he'll think that, yeah, I'm sorry, he'll, he'll see that I'm not going to do that, and he'll come be with me, you know, um, but that didn't work, and he just, Sunday after Sunday, he kept asking kindly, not being frustrated with me or anything, and he kept going, and I thought, okay, this is not working, and so, you know, I gave in and went with him, and uh, I remember still the first Sunday of going to, to that church. It was a big church, that, you know, several thousand, or a couple thousand people. And we got on the back row. And we just, we got in and we sat on the back row. There's nothing wrong with the back row. But we sat on the back row and it was like, we're here. I made it. I'm here. I don't know what to expect, <laughs> but I'm here. And, um, and, you know, sometimes that's just where we're at. We don't, you know, we don't need to judge each other. Sometimes it's all we can do just to get there, you know? So we want to be kind to each other. But anyway, so we got there, and and we began doing that on Sunday, and we began meeting some people. People would come and say hi to us, and there was this one couple that would say hi to us every week and try to get us to go to Sunday school class with them, and it was Todd and Jackie Knight. Yeah, and so we would say, no, we don't want to go to Sunday school, but and, and Sunday school at the time was, at that time, was kind of like a life group. It was just a, a smaller gathering in a larger church of people. Um, but eventually we said yes, and we went to Sunday school with them. 
And that's really where my life began to change. You know, Todd and Jackie were kind of like us. They had a similar story. Basically, they were young marrieds like us that had lived a certain way before they got married, and now they're trying to live a different way now that they're married. Um, so we went to this class, a Sunday school class, and, and I looked around, and I'm like, there's some people that are like me, but there's a lot of people who are not like me. Like, I wouldn't choose, except for being in this class, to be around these people. You know, but something started to happen in my heart, and I just started to soft. My heart started to soften towards the things of Jesus. You know, as I learned to like see people, be with people, care about people, love people, know what's going on in their lives, and it began to change me. I began to read the Bible. Like, I brought this because this is one of my most precious possessions. But uh, this is the first present that Jamie gave me as a married couple, December 1986. And, you know, I had a Bible, I guess, at our our home. It was King James Version. I don't really even remember, but he gave this to me. And, y'all, he painstakingly put all these little tabs on here because I didn't know the books and I didn't know where they were. And, you know, now in my mind, if I close my eyes, I know exactly where Hebrews is, you know, in this book, you know, and that's how I learned. And I began to read the Bible. And you can see it's been read through many times. I mean, golly, Here's Ephesians. That's why, that's why I got confused when I was reading in the beginning. You know, here's Ephesians. I wish I would have had it bound again when it could have been bound, but now it can't. But, you know, I, I, and I go through seasons of, right now I actually bring another Bible to church because I'm trying to get, do something different. But this one, this is like who I am. This is my journey. You know, it's marked up and it's read through and it's worn out. And I learned about the love of God in here through his word and then walking it out with people, you know. And I also learned about, you know, being generous with our time and with our money, being with people in the church. You know, it start, all of a sudden we were like, if the doors were open, we were there because our life was changing. We were getting lighter, lighter, like literally physically lighter, and, um, and it was changing our lives. We began to order our life to what was happening in the church. And, and, you know, I had been complaining in the beginning that we would have to drive to church. Well, we actually moved closer, and I drove to graduate school every day. But that was to be closer to the church and, and spending time and, and, and learning to tithe. I remember, you know, all of a sudden he said, we need to start giving our money. And I'm like, that's a a new thought, you know, and he wanted to give the amount that we would spend for groceries every week, and uh, we were still in school, you know, and I thought, this is crazy, but we did it, and I learned that, you know, when you're generous with your time and your money for God and for the people of God, it just all works out. I can't always explain it, but it just all works out. Um, Yeah, and so we just we just began to order our lives and, and say yes. And I remember the day that Jamie had gone to eat lunch with the pastor in the church. And he came back and he said, Kim, I think I'm supposed to be the pastor of a church. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> We're like a year in to go into church or a little bit more. And now we need to be a pastor. I'm like, I've never, ever, 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 ever thought that that would be our life, you know. But... You know, I had this a little over a year span of history with the Lord, and I could already tell that that spending that time, you know, that being with Jesus, life with Jesus, while it might not be easier, is better than life without Jesus. So, so we didn't know what we were doing, 
but we walked forward. He went to ministry school. I was still trying to get my, my graduate degree. And before we knew it, we were in a church in Southlake. And so I just want you to think about this too. So I've been a believer for just a, not a long time. And mainly I've been trying to like, and, and where are the books in the Bible? And what are the stories in the Bible? And how do we pray and love each other? And now I'm supposed to be a pastor's wife. I was scared to death. I was scared to death. And so one example is the very first Bible study I ever attended, they actually expected me to teach it. And so when we were talking about it, I'm sure my face was just like speaking volumes, you know. And one of the women in that church, I guess she could just see the panic, I'm sure, that I had. And she just put her arm around me and she said, we can do this. You know, and that's where I want to stop and just thank every spiritual mom. If you've ever been a spiritual mom, and if you are one now, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it means more than maybe you realize. And I had her and another lady, and a couple more, but for sure these two, that just guided me, helped me, protected me. I never felt judged about the things that everybody thought I might should have known how to do, you know? And so that's, I mean... Thank you for that. And Jamie and I were talking and I thought, if, if I hadn't had those two women in that particular time, early in our ministry, if I'd have been judged or if I felt like I couldn't do it, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could have gone forward. I don't know if we would have this today. Not because it's all about me, but I just don't know, you know, what would have happened if I could have kept moving forward. So praise the Lord for spiritual moms. <laughs> um, and so that, that group... Um, so we were there for three years, and we just grew leaps and bounds. I mean, the Holy Spirit, prayer, worship, salvations in the church, it was awesome. Then all of a sudden, we felt the Lord calling us again to do something fresh. And basically, he was asking us to start from scratch, a church from scratch. And we did not know how to do that. We didn't know anyone who had ever done that. It, that was a really big sacrifice because he wouldn't have a salary. I would go to work full time. We had Emily, who was two and a half years old at the time. But again, we just felt like maybe that's what God was saying. And it was another surrender. It was a yes to the Lord. We had 11 other friends. So there were 13 of us and 14 children. And we met in a home, in a life group like we do around the church. And, um, and it grew. You know, it grew. Um, and, you know, there were obstacles and, and hard times and good times. But that was just, you know, for me, I've just shared with you getting in the story, just getting in. And you don't just get in and stay like that. You actually grow. You continue growing. So this next point about growing, growing up in God's story. So to fast forward, Jamie mentioned it to, or kind of, um, last Sunday, which is the first Sunday in May, is 29 years of the public uh, meeting of Christ Fellowship, which is now Antioch, Fort Worth. 29 years. And in all that time, I've realized that growing up in God's story, participating in it, is all about opportunities and choices. Opportunities and choices. That that's actually how we really grow up to be the people that together bring glory to God in the church, like I read in Ephesians earlier. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, and I, so I have this little acronym 
to help us in that process. So in my mind, as I've gone through and looked at my life, I thought there's really a cycle of growth that happens. And so I just took the the acronym for story and just start with S. S is surrender, surrender. So you'll find that when you're just living life with God in the story, you'll go, I feel like the Lord tugging on my heart about something. Maybe it's to surrender my attitude. Maybe it's surrender my time. Maybe it's surrender my rights. Maybe it's to surrender my opinions. Maybe it's to surrender, I don't know, my career. I don't know. There are things that happen where you have the opportunity to surrender that to the Lord. And if you do that, then the next opportunity is to turn toward God, to turn toward him. So when you surrender, if you actually don't just surrender and walk away or surrender and get upset, but if you surrender and turn toward God, then the opportunity that comes next is to have your eyes and your heart opened to what he's doing, to see that he's really good, to see that his best intentions are for you, that he has a good plan for you. When you turn toward him and have your eyes and heart opened, you can like hear his voice more. You know, you're open to hearing what he's saying. You're open to receiving the grace that he has to give you. And when you get there, the next opportunity is to respond or repent. That's the hardest one because that's a challenge because doing that means that there's a little bit of change or maybe a lot of change that has to happen in your life. Um, And so you get that opportunity. And if if you can, then you say yes. You say yes to God. And so what happens is that cycle, that cycle just, if you're growing in the story of God, with God, that cycle is continually happening over and over and over again. And every time you go through that, you end up being a little bit more like God, being in the image of God, like Jesus. And you know, um, this process, surrender, turning toward, opening our eyes and heart, responding, repenting, saying yes, I mean, it's happening all the time in some aspect of our lives to, to each one of us individually. I know even for me to be right here this morning, I had to go, well, I don't have it up there, but I had to go through the stages. I just have to admit, I had to go, okay, I'm surrendering my fear. I'm surrendering, do I have anything to say? I'm surrendering, am I gonna mess up? You know, and, and just working through all those stages to finally say, yes, yes, I'll do that. You know, that's happening with us, and even deeper ones than that, like over the years. Am I going to persevere in this? I mean, we're a joyful group of people, and we've always had a lot of joy. But man, it can be really hard. And am I going to, like, it can be really difficult. It can be really tiring. Am I going to just keep moving forward with the Lord? Am I going to say, okay, I surrender that feeling. I surrender that hurt. I surrender that misunderstanding or whatever it is. And I'm going to just keep turning toward you and keep moving forward and not stop. You know, and that happens for all of us. It's this individual testing that's happening. How are we going to respond individually? You know, but it's not just about me and my life and you and your life. It's also about us together. There's a testing for the church These steps are also for the church. How are we going to respond? How is Antioch, Fort Worth, going to respond to the things that come at us? You know? Yeah. And what will we say to God? And I, I guess that's really, that's really kind of my burden for today is just to, 
I guess what I'm trying to get out this morning is that it's about us together. When each one of us makes our individual choices to say yes to God and we grow, it actually affects the whole body. It affects all of us. Like somehow me standing up here and making my choice affects y'all. I mean, I don't know how or why, but it does. And so every time we make a choice to say yes to God and to grow, it not only affects our lives, but it affects everyone else around us. And then together, we grow up into the image of God, more and more like Jesus and bring him glory. Um, and so, yeah, so what I, I guess my, I already said my burden is to, is to make the bride look beautiful. I know we talked about the, the bride, the way we see her, sometimes look like the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> you know, we're so broken and we mess up and we all do it and we all disappoint each other sometimes and we all do wacky things. But Jesus doesn't see a bride of Frankenstein. He didn't die for a bride of Frankenstein. He died for a beautiful bride. You know, he, he thinks the bride is worth it. He's coming back for the bride. You know, it's, the bride is beautiful to him. And that's, what I guess, what I would like to say to you guys today and to remind you and to encourage you, if you don't know, that the bride is beautiful and it's about Jesus and his church. Jesus and his church. You know, and we're living in a time right now where our world is going, they're making decisions about God they're making decisions about the church, uh, leaving God, leaving the church, thinking that the church is low and the church is high, y'all. We want to place her on a pedestal, not each other on a pedestal, but her on a pedestal because it's Jesus and his church, you know. And, um, and yeah, so some of us, you know, some maybe in this room are even questioning God or questioning the church because of hurts or maybe you're tired or... I don't know, but I just want to say, you know, it's the answer. It's the point of the story. Getting in and loving Jesus and his church and serving Jesus and his church. I want to just say, keep going. Don't give up on that. Keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep turning toward God. Keep turning toward each other. Keep forgiving one another. Keep loving one another. Keep serving one another. You know, keep meeting together with one another. None of this can happen if we don't meet together. And this is just a side note. I'm just thinking about my dad. You know, we did reconcile years and years and years later before he died, but he ended up being such a loner, such a, he was a quiet man. He was such a loner by himself so much of the time that when I began visiting him a lot, I would be looking right at him and touch him and he would jump because he wasn't used to the touch. You know, he was that isolated from people and touch. And I was just thinking about the one another's that we do that we're asked to do in scripture. And it's, it's mainly with people. It's mainly serving people, loving people, touching people, knowing people, coming up under people, helping people in their time of need. We need to be together, you know, whether that's here or, or uh, in small groups. Yeah, so don't give up. Stay the course. I just want to read this from Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 in the message. It says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, 
whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over the story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through so that we could do it. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's all about Jesus and his church. It's all about us growing up ourselves and growing up together to be that beautiful bride that brings glory in our generation in the church to Jesus. However imperfect it is, that's his plan. And because he thinks it's a beautiful plan, we need to honor that as a beautiful plan and work hard towards it. Nothing worth anything is easy, right? The valuable things you work hard for. And we want to be in it for the long haul. So really there's an invitation to find your place in the story. The, pl- the part that you play. The role that you play. Maybe that's to find it the first time. Maybe you're like me, you know, and you didn't even know there is a story. But there's an invitation to find your place. Or to reimagine what that place looks like. Or get a fresh vision or fresh revelation of what that place is. Or maybe there's an invitation for you to stay in and not opt out Uh, because there's a lot of opting out going on right now and it hurts my heart. But maybe there's an invitation for you to stay in. Whatever it is, God has grace upon grace upon grace for us to walk it out with him together. Yeah. So why don't you stand up? The ministry team can come on up. Worship, uh, Worship team. I don't know where everybody is this morning, but there may be somebody who has never entered into the story with God. They've never turned to God and surrendered and said, help me, I need you. You know, if that's you, don't do it alone like I did because there's a bunch of people up here that would love, they care, they care about you and they wanna pray for you to enter into the story with us. Or maybe you need, like I said, that fresh revelation of of what the story, you know, your place in the story. Come on up for that. Or maybe you're in that cycle of, that story cycle of surrender, you know, of turning toward, maybe you're stuck in one of those areas, surrender, turning toward, opening your eyes, responding, repenting, saying yes. Maybe you're stuck somewhere. Come on up and get prayer for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just come on up. If you have any kind of issue, even if, the, if you're tired, if you've been tired in the, in the journey with the church and you're like, I need, I need some filling up. I need more hope for what you're talking about, Kim. Come on up and get prayer for that. Get prayer for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on up and get prayer. God, you're so good. Maybe you've been hurt and it makes you want to keep back. Come on up and get prayer for healing in that so that you can grow out of that. Grow out of that and be mature with the Lord. Move on and not be stuck. Maybe you're on that back row 
in, in your mind and you're just kind of here, but it's time to make some next steps forward with the Lord and with his church. Come on up for that too.